to the Fables and Reflections podcast, where we reflect on any and all of the fables of Neil Gaiman. I am your co-host, Angela Bones Bullock. And I'm your other co-host, J.D. Martin. And we have our uh, first guest, the one you can blame for uh, everything that has happened about the, the past six months. Wait, with, Angela, uh, Angela JD's... What, what, are you ta- what are you talking about? Uh, we have a guest here. I was not. I was not briefed upon this. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, a uh, a mutual, as I believe the the TikTokers call it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. a much wider term, but yeah. Uh, Nick Wolf, uh, a dear friend of mine, all the way back from college. Now approaching uh, ten years to age ourselves. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> uh, no worries. No. Say hi, Nick. Hey, hello, hello. Happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. So, last time we wrapped up uh, Coraline as our first little foyer. Now we are beginning Stardust, uh, although because time is a lake, you may hear us refer to things that happen in the next episode, since that's already been recorded. So, <laughs> But yeah, so we are covering uh, Stardust, the novel, which... It was originally published in 1997, I believe. So this book is officially older than me. Uh, I don't want to think about that. Don't that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm a young whippersnapper. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry that I just... Look... The thing is, every time Jesse Ferguson arrives onto the Comics Quest set, I I instantly make him feel older, Ooh. and I and I feel terrible about it. I, I feel terrible that I it, whenever I mention like, oh yeah, I graduated high school in 2016, he's just like, oh, you make me feel old. I'm like, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can really change. Okay. I'm whenever so, people say okay, that, it... whenever I hear people saying in the Montressor Media Discord saying that. I watched Discord. Uh, yeah, Discord. I watched uh, the Avengers when I was still in high school. I'm like, don't say that. No, you didn't. You're a liar. You're lying. I was in 20, middle school. 2012 when it came out. 2012 is ten days oh, ago. It's well, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I said, well, because for some reason I was thinking. <laughs> for some reason I was thinking 2008 with Iron Man. It's like, no, I was still in high school. Oh know? God. Well, yeah. 2008. Yeah. I was in. Let's see, May of 2008, I was in the fourth grade when that came out. That was the, that was the last month of my fourth grade year. And then uh, the first Avengers movies came out when I was uh, in middle school. Uh, when I was in fourth grade was uh, Sam Raimi's uh, first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Wait, Good old 2002. I think it was in fifth grade. There was another superhero movie that actually there were two two other superhero movies that came out that year. um, One of which we don't talk about, and the other is Blade Two. What would be the other one? It's X Two, the second X Men Uh, movie, directed by a a, a literal trash goblin. Uh, uh, that's or no, that was O three. I'm sorry, that one was O three. My bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, X three. Yeah, because otherwise X, which the first not the first one was first three movie. The first three yeah. X-Men movies were bo- all directed by Trash Goblins, to be fair. Yes, they were. Uh, in, in fact, the majority of the X-Men franchise was was directed by Trash Goblins. Except for our Lord and Savior, Matthew Vaughn, bringing it back to Stardust. Uh, well, yeah, in terms of... Who the, made the uh, film that we talk about in movie. the next episode, but we're not talking about that yeah. yet. 
But we already have because time is a lake. See what you've started, Rachel. Rachel, Quirky Shank, look what you've started. I do not feel bad about stealing that joke. Oh, no. I mean, look, at the end of every episode of Comics Quest in the Long Haul, I steal their thing about uh, being back on, like, see certain POV putting up with my bullshit every episode. Mm. I, I stole that from them. So, you know, that's where it is. So we had a little, uh, we're planning this episode, we had a little d- lively debate, the type you would have around a, in a bar, kind of, you know, after a few drinks, like, oh, this, this thing came out, which, like, doesn't really happen anymore with Googling. But before we Google it, so Stardust is a little odd because it technically originally was published by DC Comics, but it was in four issues. But the way it's designed is very much a illustrated storybook. Mm-hmm. And then he took, and then eventually um, Gaiman took the text. I don't think he expanded it, but then just took the text and then did a just straight novel. But it, which it was uh, 99. I think the com- I think uh, the comic was 97, as we established, or the the storybook as comic issues. It's really weird. Yeah. So at least I. So at least I'm older than the novel itself. There. So Um, there's that. But the. All right. So let's kind of go into the elevator pitch or the the I guess rear cover. So it stars Tristan Thorne, who uh, with his. hmm? It's Tristan Thorne. Tristan is yes, the in the novel it's Tristan, which is such a weird name. <laughs> uh, I believe we established in the next episode that it's like Sean, whereas there's five different spellings all pronounced the same way. <laughs> I choose to believe it's Tristan. Which, when I did, because in my mind it is Tristan. So when I read it and saw that spelling, because of recent news of when this is being recorded, uh, or when I was reading it, my mind it went to Chris Chan. No, who no, just been arrested. no. Go to the other episode. Stop now. Stop that now. Uh, I don't even know what's just, going on. Good. Don't explain it to me. Uh, don't stay, explain it to me. I yeah, won't. Stay, stay, in, stay innocent. Stay gold, um, pony boy. Thanks, thanks uh, Tom. But... <laughs> So Tristan is uh, looking up at the stars one evening with his uh, his crush, who is uh, the hot item in the small town of Wall. Ugh. And they and they see a. I hate. When, well, like she, when you say hot item. Ugh. Uh. Well, I, it well it, like she does have uh, a bunch of different suitors. However you want to like. I mean, do, I know it's just I hear that, I hear hot item in it, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, it feels like you're. Not you, and it's like the 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 saying. It kind of carries that baggage of turning turning someone into an object, and I I hate it. Yeah, I could have worded that worse. You could have. Please continue. <laughs> so anyway, so he then they then see a falling star, and he's like, "I will go fetch that falling star," but for you and then you will give me whatever you whatever i want and she's like okay it's not as blunt as how bones is pulling it (laughs) yeah it's very quick summary because then after that plot ensues because he then crosses the wall which then leads to the world of fairy and events happen although technically events happened 17 years before at his birth (laughs) because the thing with wall with the town of Wall, is that the wall it's named after is the border between our world and the world of fairy. Mm-hmm. Which I really like. Uh, the world of fairy definition in Gaiman's book here is that it's 
everything in a map that was discovered not to be there. So like, oh, we, you mm-hmm. know, there's this legendary island over here. And then like you go there and it's not there. But so then that goes to the world of fairy. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember where in the book, but at one point he, he refers to the real world as the world of things as they are, which is just a very perfect way to describe our world in a fairy tale context. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Well, is it? Well, the book is what Gaiman does a lot of the time, which is like magical realism, which is like everything's normal and like kind of makes sense in terms of like what could be real in our world. So like, all right, there's this, you know, very old wall that has one little part in it about six feet wide. And it's like, well, why is that there? And it's like, okay, sure, it leads to fairy. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a there like every nine years is it nine nine every years nine years yes uh, every yeah, nine at, years at the there's time... a, a a a a flea market it's it's a market a marketplace of pops up on the uh, on the other side of wall in the fair in in the land in the world of fairy where people can pass free both uh, human folk and fairy folk can pass freely through uh, the wall and trade and uh, trade and purchase goods uh, and just kind of mingle about uh, mingle about the the village of wall and uh, it's on it's it, during the the prologue of this story is when we meet a, a, a seventeen or eighteen year old Dunstan Thorne lives eighteen year old Dunstan Thorne and uh, it's dur it's now been uh, nine years past and it's another uh, market time for the market to pop up and he goes to the goes to the market and meets a young woman who is uh, being captured by a witch and mm-hmm. is her slave which. Uh, there, there's one more thing about the town of Wall and the market. So the citizens of Wall, instead of jury duty, they draw guard duty to right. prevent people <laughs> to prevent people from crossing into ferry. Yeah. Except for the time of the market, which is like, all right, you know, free reign. Everyone can go back and forth as they want. Yeah, which Dunstan has done done a few times now that he's of age to be able to do so. And uh, what would have been once before. Yeah, 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 and uh, and like, and also this prologue like really tries to flesh out the village quite a bit, uh, especially a couple a couple of characters whose um, whose daughter Victoria becomes uh, quite important later on in the story, and yeah, he meets this young woman who is a princess of Stormhold. And uh, he meets her, and he agrees to meet her Spoilers. again later that night. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's what? Well, no, she says she I'm says a she's a princess. Oh, uh, she... Which also, by the way, it's been like two weeks since I read the book. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been like uh, a month since I read it, and I, I actually, I still because that was like the, one of the one of the things that like the movie definitely took was like, yes, I'm a I'm a princess from a faraway land. Uh, which also, by the way, so he crosses the ferry, and you know, you see, it describes all these wonderful, weird things and objects and people and then he meets this woman at this that sells glass that sells glass uh flowers and she's like yeah i'm a i'm a princess that's been captured by this witch mm-hmm. and she has cat ears yep which <laughs> i totally forgot until it was mentioned <laughs> prior to this episode and I'm just like oh god so wait wait that means she's a cat person and mm. that means kind of a furry <laughs> dunstan yeah. is a furry <laughs> A little bit, because uh, while because uh, while it is tastefully done, like usually Neil Gaiman's um, 
sex scenes are. Uh, yeah, Dunstan has a hell of a time later <laughs> with her. Oh yeah, and 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 no words are meant. Yeah, uh, it's very descriptive. Yeah, beautifully but, descriptive. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah, I would say it's still classy. Yeah. Still classy. Um, what? Yeah, what you could take some me. lessons, Stephen King. Write some better sex scenes. Goddammit. What uh, got me sh- about the whole sex scene at the beginning is that correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently there's a bit where after they done it they see that a bunch of woodland animals are watching them or have watched them. Am I correct in that? I don't think so. I do not remember that. I took these notes like two weeks ago. Give me a break. <laughs> um, I would uh, I would say, though, what is interesting is, uh, so then, like, you know, so market happens, the market ends, and, you know, the, the guards are then reposted back on the wall. And then nine months later, a basket is placed at the edge uh, because the guards look towards wall, not towards fairy. So eventually they just look around and it's like, oh, there's a basket with a baby and it just says Tristan Thorne. And then they just deliver him to Dunstan. Yep. And that's how we get to uh, our young Tristan Thorne, uh, 18 years old, uh, has, you know, living with his father, uh, his stepmother, his stepmother, who I forget her name, and then his younger sister, Louisa. And who was Tristan born, is... I'm sorry? Who was born six... His sister, Louisa, who was born six months after he arrived on his father's doorstep. Yes. Yeah, it's... Tristan's uh, stupid. Tr- yeah, t- <laughs> yeah, he doesn't... He's very much a himbo. Uh, <laughs> does not... Does not think about... Tristan? How do I have a sister? Charlie how do Cox, I have a our sister? beautiful himbo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Char- uh, Charlie Cox plays... Tristan in the in the movie adaptation. Look, I mean, but, we can yeah, all so agree he, that like Tristan Thorne is like ult- is like one of the ultimate himbos, like like top five himbo. Oh uh, yeah. Although when I like. first heard his description in the book, maybe it's just because of my Infinity podcast, Patrick Willem's brain. But when I heard his description, I went, oh, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god, I I'm now just thinking of Trip Fontaine from The Virgin Suicides with that hair, because like <laughs> Charlie. Cox like before he get like like his his hair is almost trip fontaine's hair from from the virgin suicides and now i honestly i would i would kill for for josh hartnett for like 1999 josh hartnett to be a, a tristan thorne in a stardust movie <laughs> except the only thing is that josh hartnett is bad with accents i feel like a lot of uh actors it's more a matter of time or and or commitment it's like okay how much time do you have to prepare how much time do you care to put into preparing as well as like no the, I, I i would say that there you? are a couple actors who just like they don't need to do any accent that is not a variation of an american accent uh like josh hartnett learned that on blow dry uh keanu learned that on bram Stoker's Dracula. It's like, okay, I I don't do well with accents, so I'm or at least non-American accents, so I'm just not going to do them. Well no, even with the even with Keanu Reeves on Bram Stoker, like from what I heard, like he I don't think they had a voice coach on Yeah, he tr- I mean he still tried. Like he did his he did his very best. It's just that he wasn't that great. And then even you even have like much ado about nothing and like he works there because he doesn't talk that much. And when he does, he's very restrained and it, but it works for his character. Uh, um, what I, if in the I start of, na- Go ahead. 
I forget his name, but it's um he does a bunch of, he's he's a voice coach and he does a bunch of work. Um he does videos on about accents on mm-hmm. uh um I know like who you're talking about. Variety or something. Yeah, v- Variety or Vanity Fair, um, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's uh anyways and like he talks about the way and like then the way he talks about accents and everything is like, Oh yeah, like you without you on set, they're fucked. <laughs> Yeah, I would like. I, I would say like to me. No, go ahead. Uh, I'll kind of bring it back to discussion, but I just had a beautiful thought. Like, what if instead of for the Stardust movie, instead of Mark Strong as Septimus, we got Keanu Reeves in Iago from <laughs> Much Ado Mode? Oh, that would have been really good. That would have been really good. I was actually gonna say. Um, I would say like to me the act. In my opinion, the actor who normally has an American accent. Uh, like in just an everyday life, who I think is the best at uh at, at crafting great non-American accents is Viggo Mortensen. If you look at his uh, his yeah. his his English accent in the Lord of the Rings trilogy or his Russian accent in uh, in Eastern Promises. Uh, whatever the fuck he's doing in a dangerous method, whether it's like a mixture of German and English, uh, it all works. All right, so one. More um, quick tangent about accents. So my fiance and I, we've been making our way watching King of the Hill as a series. This is my first time through. And we got to the mm-hmm. episode where Alan Rickman guest starred. But the thing is that he's playing a Texan who owns a medieval times place. And because he was using his natural British accent, because the character he's playing is supposed to be American, I could not figure out it was Alan Rickman until the very end where he pulls out his fake American from Die Hard accent. It's like, oh, Alan Rickman. I don't know what kind of voice blindness that says about me, but (laughs) when else am I going to bring that little story up? Well, that's because Alan Rickman was, you know, pretty great, and King of the Hill was a pretty great show. So there you go. I've it's also pretty seen, great, Stardust. I've only, I've only seen memes of King of the Hill. That's how you know, started. honestly, King of the Hill, pretty like, can be pretty accurate about Texas. God um, dang, fallen stars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a little bit more about just kind of like the background about Stardust. So it's very much a um, timeline-wise, it's a Victorian era, um, kind of mid-ish. It starts in 1839 and then jumps 18 years ahead and to 1856. But it uh, is very much kind of like a subversion of a fairy tale. When Tristan, because like exactly so Victoria who's the daughter of, like, the wealthy family in town. You know, she's the, yeah, she's the, the top uh, bachelorette or what, however you want to phrase it, in town. And so, like, all, all the young men are going after her. And the and older clean, men. Uh, well, we find that out later, yeah. <laughs> but Tristan, of course, is one of them. And, but he doesn't get the guts to do anything until he works at a grocery store, which is, like, you know, for that town, comfortably middle-class uh, prospect. But it's kind of it's a version of a fairy tale, so, like, it gets pushed along by magical desires because he only gets he only gets the uh, courage to ask her out when um, a wind shifts from over the wall and into the store where he and Victoria are. And then that's when... Because it... I mean, as we established, he is from... He is technically from fairy, not he is, he, from is he is part fairy folk. Yeah. yeah, he's described as half-immortal, I want to say. I don't think those words are ever used but like the way he's described is one ear is um a cat normal well no 
one ear is normal and the other ear is slightly pointed and flat against his ear. Flat against his head. Yeah, a cat. Well, it's in terms of the cat ears. In terms of the cat ears, I think they're in terms of the. I think they're described as on top of her head. But in, anyway, yeah, it's it's a. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that aspect is so weird. But yeah, p- another part of the video is that, so he he goes on the date, sees the star fall, he's like, okay, well, um, will you give me, you know, anything I want or like, you know, my heart's desire when I get back? And she's like, yeah, sure. Not really thinking about it. She's just a young girl. She does just think like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go for it. I don't give a shit. Uh, well, yeah, wine is involved in that particular exchange as well. So yeah tristan has fairy wind kind of feeling him she just has wine (laughs) ah yes wine the fairy winds of of humans wasn't there Mm -hmm. wine in the book i thought it was just wine in the movie no there's wine yeah no they they go yeah they're they're on a picnic and yeah she's she's cracking into that bottle (laughs) so he so when after he crosses uh into fairy it turns into almost kind of four stories in one. So wait, before we get to, get to that, can we talk about okay. like him go like actually his like journey to go over the wall at, at the start? Because oh yeah, what he does is like he runs into his he runs into his home, tells his father like I'm like, he's like you know he tells him exactly what ha- what just happened like fallen star Victoria said that uh, she'll give me her heart sorry if I go get the fallen star so I got to go over the wall and his father's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, go pack your things. Uh, tell your mother goodbye, and we're gonna go. And his fa- and if, 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 immediately Tristan's like, uh, "Dad, did you just hear what I just said?" Uh, yeah, I, I sound like, not- a, like it's like are like are you connecting the dots? Are you are you are you reading what I'm putting out there? Like what the hell, dude? Uh, yeah, but that's just like no, 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 no. Expecting more pushback. Yeah, and he's like he's like um, this was not the response that I was imagining. Uh, but anyway. That's what happens. Dunstan's like, all right, let's 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 go, boy. And they get up to the wall. Uh, you have the two guards. One of them is, I believe, an, uh, a schoolmate of of Tristan's, and the other is yep. uh, the the like the the owner of the tavern of uh, of of the village, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, th- or at least an old friend of Dunstan's. Yeah, yeah. The the one of the he was one of the two guards who was on guard that night. Uh, mm-hmm. When Tristan was was put through the wall, through the hole in the wall, and uh, like Dunstan like looks at him and is like oh he's like so you know where he came from and he's like yes and he's like and you know where he yeah. came from like yeah I heard rumors but I don't put much stock in this like well the rumors were true and now he's going back and Tristan's like he's hearing the words but he's not really connecting the dots yet um, because yeah, again Tristan Thorne <laughs> ultimate himbo and uh, he's just like okay yeah sure Dad's acting kind of weird whatever. And uh, he's like, all right, boy, go meet your destiny, essentially. And just sends yeah. him off to the land of fairy. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. as Angela, as you put it, it, it branches off into into multiple narratives. Because we got, we've got like the, 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 the lineage of storm of the Stormhold family or the, uh-huh. the with uh, Septimus and Primus and Tertius, uh, or which then become Septimus and Primus. We've got... Yvane, the fallen star. We've got Tristan, and you mentioned a four, or oh, the fourth I'm sorry, is the witches, is the witch yeah, sisters. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, the the four. Yeah, the four. I kind of like in terms of like a core story. In terms of like this, any one of these could have been an old style fairy tale. Yeah, and then also Tristan um, and Yvain's like have... that one like br- like comes together and then also weaves apart and comes back together 
they kind of yeah, bump they kind of bump into each mm-hmm. other yeah so you have in terms of like boil down tropes whatever um you have like uh going to a strange land to get a deus ex machina for love an evil royal uncle preventing rightful ascension uh an evil witch trying to gain power from innocence and then uh well and then also i guess it'd be like kind of a, a damsel in distress with uh yvain and the, the fallen star who yeah it turns out to be yeah a, a person it's not mm-hmm. uh yeah not just like a, a meteorite or whatever yeah and something i love and it, it happens in both here in the novel and in the movie is that tristan just like immediately like clocks like okay you're the star cool and just is like cool with that he just understands it he he still has questions of course but he doesn't question it he's just like oh yeah sh- for sure obviously yeah and it's like, oh, he's like okay yeah like i mean you're in the middle of a giant crater uh i was i used this magical thingy to get to where the star is so sure like <laughs> I'll believe you. It's not a plot thread, but, but it's not a beating uh, story thread. But can we talk about Sir uh, Ragged Tom Bombadil, who's not in the in the movie? Uh, well, yeah, let, he doesn't see have so, a name. He's just the hairy man. Yeah, I'm, co- I'm yeah. convinced. So I, some... I, I elect we call him Harry or Harold. We call, I, let's I'm call him Harold. I'm convinced it's go. some form of Tom Bombadil because both characters are ultimately inconsequential. In the adaptation, uh, no, uh, no, he is uh, he's no, very because... important in this in this story. I said he, in the adaptations. Have... Okay, in the, Not t- in the original books. books. No, 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 no. Okay, so you, you the reason they could successfully take Tom Bombadil out of the Lord of the Rings movies compared to the books is because in the book, it's two chapters of just plot halt. They shifted the plot points of Harry to Dunstan in the movie. Mm-hmm. He and does Captain kind of have a little bit. They, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah. So in terms of the book, he is not useless like Tom Bombadil as, 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 as interesting of a, of a figure he is. But uh, Nick was in, mentioning the adaptations at least. And, and I, and mm-hmm. that, that's part Partially true is just they shifted the 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 plot import or the the story importance of Harold to Dunstan and Nick as you put it a, a little bit to Captain Shakespeare as well, uh, which I'm willing to take because uh, more Captain Shakespeare please who we don't have in the novel and is you know yeah he's yeah, yeah it's just very some yeah, random the, the, lightning the, pirate. The li- uh, what I, well they didn't even call them pirates in there they're just like just kind of like fishermen or like crabmen. Yeah, but like, they just get lightning. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, it's actually like legitimate, like a legitimate business, which is also, also kind of fun. Uh, yeah, the the best part of them in the book, in my opinion, is um through shenanigans they get stuck in these clouds, and you know the clouds are shifting and everything, and they're like, well, you know, crap. Eventually, this is gonna disappear, and we're gonna fall and die. So Tristan just starts yelling. Ultimate himbo. And yeah, and he's just and uh. Where is it in my notes? I don't think I put it in my notes, but it's... Oh, no, uh, yeah, it's on page 178. Um, Better to call to no one than to let (laughs) someone who's there miss us. It's like, yeah, that... I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong, my dude. Uh, Yeah, and then, yeah, that does then... uh, alert the pirates or the the, the, the lightning, lightning catchers yeah and they're like hey you need help with like, yes please and I'm like all right come on up <laughs> um there there is a lot of humor like that uh yeah in fact they're even like there, there's even like i believe like either just like a random member of the crew or maybe the first mate of 
of of the of the the, the ship uh, even points out like or like maybe they're pirates like why would they be like why would they be up here if they weren't pirates and it's like Kevin's like well I mean they, they, there's other reasons you can be up there maybe you just got they just got stuck up here and we're gonna help them and there's another uh, in terms of of Harry so an important part that Harry plays in Tristan's ability is that they get attacked by this forest. Or a section of forest that then tries to eat them because it's carnivorous. Which is such trees. a great scene. And then Tristan just all of a sudden realizes, like, because the uh, Harry's just like, well, we need to find the path. And then, like, because the, the, the carnivorous trees can't really get rid of it and, like, they don't actually move. So, like, if we get out of it, then we can, you know, we need to find the path. And so then he's just like, it's this way. And he, and it, it's, he just knows it. It's just like, yeah, it's this <sighs> way. And it is. And then once, once they get out of the deadly forest terry's like well, okay that was weird so like where's wall and then he just and then tristan just points to wall and he's like all right where's stormhold and he po- just points to stormhold he's never heard of it and he, uh, and he points out like yeah. different mountains like where they are uh and like it, it and and the narr- like the overall narration is like you know he didn't know where it was but uh, but he had a he had a feeling that that's exactly where it was supposed to be and then harold's like mm-hmm. okay where's like Paris and he, and then Tristan has to think about it and he's like well if walls that direction I guess it's that way I don't know and that oh, kind of points out to Harold was like hmm he has like he's like, and he has some like he has those questions of like like do you have any fairy blood in you like do you have any like lineage that like would that stems from this place and just like I don't know and we're of course sitting here as the reader like oh Tristan yeah, uh, I, I, but I also love the the very logical manner of the of Harry's questions, where it's just like you know, just trying to figure this out in a very logical manner, and then yeah, figures out the rules of these powers. Nick, I think you had something to say. Yeah, go on, Nick. I guess that I I guess I don't, don't want to tip my hand, but I guess that's one of the things that like something I did not enjoy about the book and part of the movie is that it feels like there's a lot of convenience getting us out of trouble i mean it's a fairy tale like the book yeah it's this the thing is this is not this is not game of thrones where game of thrones was like trying to like subvert every trope and everything this was just neil gaiman going like yeah let's take the tropes of this but then kind of to me this is like and like it's funny because uh you know this is coming the 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 episode i just did last week on comics quest where um i was uh we talked annihilator with uh me and um adam lance garcia shout out to adam he's a great guy uh we talked about we mentioned knives out in that uh in that talk about like knives out is a movie where it's like it is still a straight up whodunit but Mm. it takes the tropes of the whodunit combines them with like a hitchcock thriller and or a crime film and uses the tropes to like subvert them slightly but but and inject new life into them to the point where like you just have a new appreciation for the genre and i feel like that's what gaiman did way before that with stardust and fan and like the fairy tale and that he's Mm -hmm. taking the tropes of the fairy tales and injecting a new life into them to give us more appreciation for fairy tales if that Uh, makes sense all right yeah no i I would agree with that maybe it's because i saw the movie first but when tristan is like oh we're going i know which direction to go it's this way it's like 
Nivane's like, how do you know? I was like, I don't know, maybe it's my love for what's And that was a joke, and that was just stupid. That was just Tristan being a dumb little himbo, and it was adorable. They kept his power of direction in the movie. No explanation. Uh... Uh, but it was the, cute. Uh, yeah, it was still kind of cute. Well, maybe that's also uh, you know, a that reason why. Uh, maybe that's another reason why I'm not too fond of Harry because I saw the movie and I saw a version of this story without him that he just comes across as a convenience. Like when they're on the lightning boat and they mentioned about how oh one time my dad let a little hairy man use his stable for shelter one night. It's like oh I know that guy. Yeah, you're good on this ship. But, but again, know. that's 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 fairy tales. It's it's just full of what we t- today consider plot contrivances. And with fairy tales, just that's just how they work. That's just how the genre works. Yeah, it's uh, and right. well, and then and then that that later definitely gets shattered in terms of so his adventure in fairy is very much a traditional fairy tale but then that gets shattered when he goes back to the real world after his adventure and goes to victoria and is like hey i did find the star and she's like oh um i feel really bad because i thought i killed you (laughs) (laughs) and also i i am i have i have promised myself to another uh yeah your old boss to be to be to be fair (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your old, yeah, your old, your boss that um, I was really there to see that day. So like, he had already proposed to me before uh, we got drunk, and I was like, yeah, sure, go get the star, and then, (laughs) and then like the next day when I sobered up, I was like, oh shit, what did I do? Uh, (laughs) Like, like many uh, instances over a bottle of wine. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been drunk twice. Oh, it's just, uh, I, I've been drunk many times. Only a couple of times where it's just been, like, the next days. I have been, been like, drunk why, twice, why, and God, that is why? that is twice more than I ever would like, and that is why I don't drink alcohol. I hate, hate getting drunk. Uh, I've gotten to the point where, like, I, I don't really have a desire to get drunk anymore. I also just don't like I alcohol, do, I the do taste like of the- alcohol. It's just... Not for me. Well, you need you need to find your own. You drink. gotta mix like, it. It's, there's you gotta mix yeah. It there's stuff. a. There's I mean, a, I do. I have. I OJ have. I have. Yeah, I'm not a fan. My two main drinks are, I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's it's a red wine mixture with nope, with a fruit with a no 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 with a fruit juice. No, you've all, no you lost me at wine because wine is. I'm gonna get real no, controversial here. I know I'm gonna get real controversial here. I have tried. Hmm. Every wine that I have come across, literally every single one, I, that's probably at least at least 30 different wines. I have tried every single wine I, I, I've come in, in, into contact with, and I can tell you they all tasted awful. Not only did they have the awful taste of alcohol, but they also had the awful taste of just fruity vinegar on top of the horrible taste of alcohol. So there you go. Wine? No. No, one, no one can convince me that wine is good. No, it's but anyway, but then also cider, apple cider, which is those two things are essentially apple cider vinegar. Juice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, not, <laughs> good God, though. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, the alcohols that I do like, uh, I will sangria. I, sangria is the name I'm thinking of. Oh God, anyway. no! Oh God, no! I have had sangria, and no, no, 
Hell no. No, I will say the the alcohols that I have tried that I do like, it's, there's the Kraken, uh, which is a black spiced rum. Just about any vodka I'm, I mean, that's a I'm good, good with. I mean, I just don't like vodka with, 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 I don't like vodka with anything. I like vodka straight as shots. Or I've only done that. I've only done that once, and that was with that um, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd Skull Vodka. But that was also, like, that's expensive vodka where it's I have very, a I have a bottle of that pure. somewhere uh, that was given to me by my, by my parents when they finished it. They just, like, gave me the bottle because it looked cool because it was a skull. Uh, and then the other is I tried an apple pie moonshine. <laughs> oh, God. That was so I good mean... and got... And, Got me quite yeah. fucked up that first that first time I got drunk, which I fully regret because I threw up in a uh, sink. Yeah, I uh no, I've I've had apple pie moonshine. It is a uh, any type of moonshine is you're you're playing with fire. It, the ones I had was real good. It was smooth. It was high quality. But yeah, it like put, there's it puts a you on your uh, ass. there's a there's a particular Texas whiskey which is actually just called TX whiskey that for some reason my parents say, oh damn, this is the smoothest thing, of, uh, smoothest whiskey I've ever had. I tried it and it burned my throat dry. It was awful. Oh, that reminds me, Fireball. I like Fireball quite a bit because it's very sweet. That's uh, considered a trash whiskey by many. Uh, well, guess to, what? To get back, they, to get... Are, those are the same people who decide that wine is actually good. And guess what? We are on opposite sides of this debate. And that's fine. It's okay. Uh, it's, I mean, uh, just, uh, a, a, just, sweet, a sweet red rind is grape juice that'll get you drunk. And a good cider is apple juice that'll get you drunk. That's my thought process. Unfortunately, well, I like taste to, um, alcohol and vinegar. Let's, let's get let's well, get back make to sure, the uh, yeah. Just make sure. The book. Yeah, just make sure um, in case either of you are either hunted by a killer to only drink and eat the wine and food that you yourself procure. This is true. This is true. Uh, you can uh, we we can learn quite a bit from, from good that, old Primus, who got his throat mm. slit so wide. Yeah, in a. Uh, this book is but, also quite more and Tertius who got film. fucked to death. Yeah, wait, what? I said Antertius, who was fucked to death. What? What are you talking talking about? He he died after having sex with that consort? No, he was poisoned already. Like... He, she, gave, she went in and gave him the Ryan. wine that was given to her by his brother. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't because she fucked him to death. In fact, I'm being yeah, coy. It, <laughs> yeah, don't, Nick. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, but <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I was. I we was, did not get the. Made, yeah, we, you were joking, and we just did not get it. <laughs> yeah, mainly because at the end she's screaming as she's like, "Dear God," because he's just coughing up blood. But all right, so because with the help of Harry to speed things along, uh, Tristan finds the star Yavine, and it's and it's like, uh, "Well, okay, um, well, I know you're a person." Uh, I guess I feel a little bad about this, but like I gotta take you back to my true love, Victoria, and she's just like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, um, this is what we're gonna do." And then he just kidnaps yeah, her. Does it? Yeah, does it? And he comes off um, as a straight up dick for quite some yeah. time. I uh, well, in my, in my opinion, much less so in the book because he very quickly is like a so a big difference between the book and the movie is this upcoming scene where like they're they're traveling, they're traveling, they're traveling. With she has a broken leg by the way, from the fall. But um, they then come across a unicorn and a lion fighting, 
which I couldn't figure out what town this was kind of maybe based on, but, or like, or even if like he did base it on any particular thing, but the unicorn is a symbol of Scotland and the lion is a a traditional symbol of England, which are different, which are different things. In Great Britain, there are technically four kingdoms of Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and England. So, but also the in the within the context of the story, unicorns are also associated with the moon, and so like that's why then the star and the unicorn then kind of become buddies. But yeah, there's a poem in the book that's quoted is um the lion beat the unicorn all about the town. He beat him once, he beat him twice with all his might and main. He beat him three times over his power to maintain. Because, yeah, for there was uh, several Scottish wars for independence, and uh, they kind of all failed. So, like, this this fairy tale is also very British in terms of this particular scene. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then from there, that's, like, it's because of the unicorn that, like... The unicorn is what helps, uh, like like in the novel, but but uh, but slight, or like like in the film adaptation, but slightly differently. How uh, Evane is able to evade Tristan, and then also, and and then we get the the you know, you know she's gone, and he's and he, like he comes back, and he can't find her. Yeah. And... Uh, well, well, this, oh, well, this is the first important. This is the first important difference. So they eventually find the unicorn, who then like they save Tristan saves himself. Because a broken leg, the uh, Yvain can't do really anything. Yeah. So he saves the unicorn, and like then the unicorn, um, because he's saved, as well as the star, you know, being a symbol of the moon, which the moon is the mother of stars, then helps him out, and they're riding, they, they ride the unicorn for a little while. And when they stop, so the difference between the movie, the movie, he's like, well, okay, stay here, and then like wraps the chain around the a tree and leaves her there until the unicorn comes and busts the uh, chain open with its horn. But in the book, they already have the unicorn and Tristan is like, uh, it's like, well, you might want to stay here while I go into town. And like, and she's like, well, we're still chained together. And he's like, well, I don't know how to take the chain off because it's a magic chain. And she's like, well, maybe it's, there's a magic word. And he's like, well, I don't know if there's any, I don't know any magic words. And he just thinks about it for a second and just goes, please. And then the chain disintegrates. <laughs> so that's such a good little joke. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, funny. and so like he do, he uh and he doesn't Tristan in the book doesn't chain her, and he's just like, well, you rest up and everything, and like I'm gonna go like into town and like get some supplies and everything, and like I'll and I'll, and I'll be right back. And then she le- and she just bolts. Yeah, with the and unicorn. also he leaves her with the huh. unicorn because also it's like they have a unicorn. You know, yeah. that's that's a pretty big flag right there like you know giant horse big horn protruding from its head you know that's that's a major thing to see so they're also like you know he's like trying to take a precaution yeah and she just fucks off and and he's just like no fuck you dude i i don't want to deal with your dumb little crush bullshit i want my fucking life back fuck off and 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 she gets out of there and this is when the like this and like Real quick. from from here on like the the it does play out uh, especially within the movie as well. And I'm sorry, Nick, you have something to say? Yeah, uh, going back to the sliding scale of Tristan's dickishness between the adaptations. So in the movie, like he chains Yvain up, in the book he doesn't. But also, unlike the book, in the movie Tristan's like. Yeah, once I take you back to my true love, I'm going to use what's left of this, this Babylon candle and get you back in the stars. Yeah, because I don't... Yeah, because that's... He does still have the Babylon candle in the book, but it's 
used up or he thinks it's used up. In the next scene with the confrontation, which is where kind of the first time the different storylines converge because the because uh, Yveen runs to an inn that is a disguise by the witch queen because the heart of a star makes the witches young and so she's like all right you know fallen star again like you know time for a snack like and then the Tristan then to try and catch up with her then just all of a sudden meets <laughs> meets his uncle who of course he doesn't know it's his uncle yet Good old Tristan was informed by the wood spirits that there was a cabbie coming his way. By the tree that they, that they, um... That he's he's sleeping up against. uh, Which is apparently a, um, named after a friend of Gaiman's. It says, Tori lit me a house and I wrote the first chapter in it. And all she asked in exchange was that I make her a tree. Uh, So, real, uh, real quick about that. Uh, I work a nine to five. I don't have time to read books anymore. So I read, I listened to the audiobook done by Neil Gaiman, and Neil Gaiman's voice for Tori is just the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to listen to this audiobook. I I should I should listen to more audiobooks just because I do I do like having stories read to me, uh, especially especially fairy tales like this because it just kind of like it makes me feel like a child just being read a fairy tale to because you know that never happened for me. Um, Anyway, uh, going so going back, like we we get like the gonna gonna gloss over because just gonna gloss over that that childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna gloss. Of course, I'm gonna gloss over that. There's nothing to there's nothing to talk about. Nothing, not at all. Nothing to talk about whatsoever. Anyway, it's fine. so it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's fine. Anyway, so we have the storylines converge. Uh, Tristan and 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 Prime his his issues arrive with Primus. Yvain with is with the unicorn. They meet at the inn. Primus and Tristan also get to the inn as well. And you know the witch queen. She doesn't use her magic to 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 to, to mend the leg because that that, that happened, which does happen in the movie. So Vane's leg is still like just straight up broken, slow and been very very slowly healing. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very long journey in yeah. the book. And by it's and, like, and like by the time six by the by the end, she still has a limp. Uh, like it never fully mm-hmm. heals. Yeah. And then, uh, when we get like. Something that's similar that, that then like it's translated to the film, uh, where it just is a lot more violent with a lot more death and a lot more blood. Yeah, it's 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 when you learn that this is a very dark fairy tale. So in the fight at the end, Primus gets his throat slit. The witch then eventually, after getting skewered by the unicorn in her shoulder. <laughs> And also the unicorn, li- unicorn killed uh, Billy the innkeeper, who was a goat, just mm-hmm. impaled him on a wall. Yeah, Billy. Well, yeah, Billy, well, tr- no, Billy tried. Re- Billy tried headbutting a unicorn, which is a stupid thing to do to a unicorn. Well, he's a dumb uh, well, goat. He didn't know. Uh, yeah. Well, also, goats are adorable, also, but they're kind of dumb. Uh, also in his human form, so like he didn't even have his like side horns. <laughs> he was just a human yeah, running was... for you. <laughs> yeah, just hit his head. Which first in the movie just... is such a funny visual because it's also like because we also have the added benefit of it's the actor who plays uh, who plays Mr. Weasley yeah. in 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 the Harry Potter movies, and it's just that adorable man just running to headbutt a unicorn and just getting the shit knocked out of him and it's hilarious uh much much less hilarious in the book because uh yeah very graphically gets skewered then the unicorn turns (laughs) turns his attention to 
the witch queen. And he does get a shot in by skewering her her shoulder, lifts her up to slam her down, and then like just jostle beat her the around. shit out of her. Just beat the shit out of her with her with his hooves. But before he does that, the witch queen that takes one of her obsidian knives that she has and just that cuts one, his head off. Yeah, just first stabbing him in the in the eye. Oh yeah, that and just, then just. Yeah. Uh, That's the sound it makes yeah. whenever you cut off a head, kids. And uh, so, anyway, so while the unicorn is doing this, the end catches on fire. Tristan then reforms the candle as best he can and jabs his hand to the fire for it to light to get out of there. To the point where, like, his hand is scarred for, like, the rest of his life. Very, yeah, so just very, uh... And this is also before we've lightly touched on it. Tristan's uncle's fighting for the throne of Stormhold, which is just one kingdom of many and fairy. The whole thing is, is like, all right, it's the last male heir standing. Not just who was ever first born. It's just like, all right, whenever the old man dies, whoever is still alive, the last one still alive after the old man dies is, is the next, <laughs> the next king. So they've just been murdering each other for years, which is like played for laughs, but also like it's fucking uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, it's just like what is Septimus, poisoned. Septimus goes out like a punk in the book. I'll just say it. I love his death in the book because it's just, it's such a great comeuppance for him. Where like he he loves he loves to poison his mm-hmm. his family in order mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. to the throne. Uh, that's how he kills Tertius. Primus gets his throat slit by the witch. But so like he he does like he does have that like that moral compass that that like bit of moral compass inside him where he's like yeah like you know i was going to kill my brother but you killed my brother and family comes first in these in in a in a weird roundabout way so i have found i believe i found my brother's killer so i am going to burn their house down with them inside it or i'm or i'm gonna burn their house down they're gonna run out and then i'm gonna kill them another way and then he gets a snake in his boot yep uh yep yeah, essentially. Uh, <laughs> no, not essentially. Where's yeah, Tom like, Hanks when you need him? Which I, lo- I again, I love the ironic death in the book, but Mark Strong is voodoo dolled, and then the voodoo doll gets thrown into water, and then he gets, and then he starts floating up in the air, drowning. Which is great. He's got that watery sheen. It is great, but also remember, like that's that you know that's a film, so they have to opt for a much more visual death, and because then we also get him being puppeteered by a voot by a um by a by a, a, a witchcraft doll and after and, and being have, dead so it's just his after corpse, being dead yeah, yeah and just his corpse flopping around, around with a sword <laughs> fighting fighting tristan which is great uh, and, but and this mark is strong a this is, is a novel and ghost mark strong is all oh he's <laughs> like i don't yeah, know what the fuck I, 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 like i'm not doing it but this is a novel so you can do so you can do that and that's also why we get the the ending that we get which i love for the novel. I love the ending yeah. we have. I, yeah. I, love, so, I love that there's no big final battle in the novel. I really like no. that. Yeah. No, it's yeah. just conversations. I, I so to, to, to kind of wrap things up, all of his uncles end up dying. Unbeknownst to him, he didn't even know he was in competition. They then get back to the market. Yeah. Because um, it's been it's been uh, eighteen years, so this is now the the second uh, market thing of his life. Yeah. Well he's been alive. Yeah, yeah, this 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because the first market he didn't go to because he was like, I think his parents, I think his dad shipped him off to like an aunt or something. Yeah. He's like, no, son, you're not, you're not, <laughs> because I know you're part fairy, so like you're not, yeah, you're not. You're not doing that. You ain't, you, yeah, you, you ain't we're not having there. this conversation, dude. <laughs> so anyway, so he gets back. He looks markedly different because it's been like six, nine months. Time moves differently. Time is a lake, as we've already established. Uh, especially in fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets his sister, and his sister is like totally pissed at him, but also relieved that he's alive. And he does so, he go like, to see he, his dad, or goes to see Victoria? I think he goes to see his dad first. Uh, I think Victoria first, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. He, um, he goes to see Victoria, where she informs him, like, yeah, what, what we already said, like, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, I was drunk, and the ne- the next day I thought I sent you off to your death, so I have to apologize for that. Also, I am betrothed to another, uh, and I've yeah. accepted, and I hope you're okay uh, with that. And Tristan's like, yeah, and I, yeah actually, you're, well, yeah, I am okay with that because I love how know, I love it was unfair of me to 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 ask what I what I well actually because and I love the the way like it, it works out in that yeah he, like he still he still asks like so like do I still get my, wit, my what I want which is like what my and heart he, desires. Yeah. And she he says, changes yes. his and he heart's goes, desire. Yeah. So he said, well, my, well, I desire that you two marry and have a wonderful life together. And it's such a sweet little moment. Which is also what... Bre- so her engagement slash wedding is what then breaks his mother's Yes! Curse. Oh, I yeah, love what, it. What was what was the enchantment? It's like, I will be it was when free two, two if a star come together. finds love. If a star it's finds two, love within when two no, Mondays no, 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 come no, no, together, no. it's no. It's when the moon loses her daughter, and the same week two Mondays come together. Okay. okay. Is so you have a vein falling, the moon losing her daughter, and then you have the, well, the a vein shopkeeper falling in love with Tristan. A vein falling in love with Tristan and her heart transferring over, which we'll we'll get into a little bit more. But yeah, and then the shopkeeper's name is Mr. Monday. So then you have so. two Mondays coming together, and and, and one week, and I Uno just like looking at the uh, looking at Dishwater Sal and just being like, yeah. So uh, my servitude for you is broken, and then like the the chain just disappears, and Dishwater Sal is just like, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> uh, I think it's and then she has to pay her for it's like. I guess more indentured servitude than slavery because she then gets paid. Yeah, so, and, right, and, well. and it's like, and if you ever like utter my name or use like you ever like try to do anything, you will suffer my wrath. That it's so good. And she meets Evane, uh, and Evane like lets her know, or no, or she well she meets a Evane meets Louisa, but then Evane also meets uh she meets Una, and Una is the one who informs her that that you know like going across the wall will turn her to a lump of rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is, like, it's a, that's a very small plot point in the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, so small. Like, of, it's, like, it's just like, a, it's a blip on the, the map. Yeah, in terms of the third act uh, misunderstanding, Evane wakes up and he's like, uh, and Una's talking to her, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Tr- uh, Tristan, or I don't even know if it's her, but anyway, she's talking, Evane's talking to someone, it's like, yeah, Tristan's, you know, off into she's, wall. Evane's talking, talking to Victoria. Mm-hmm. Well, well, before, because originally Evane yeah, yeah. was going to was going to go over because she had fallen because she had discovered she had him fall she had in fact fallen in love with Tristan and she was talking to someone and someone was like oh yeah he Tristan went off he was like he went off to go uh talk to Victoria and he she's like oh well dang it well 
well, I don't have a reason to to be around now. So yeah, like I'm like, as, like as, as, I'm nothing. I have nothing tethering me to to this mortal world. Well, I want to go and, and and try and maybe revert back to a rock, and I, I'll b- go back to who I was before. And uh, then she the, sits down with the Victoria. Next sentence, yeah. The, the next <laughs> sentence. The next sentence is like, yeah, he's breaking up with her, and she's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, and like she meets because like, because <laughs> uh, like, well, because she sees Victoria, like she like stands up, is about to do it. Uh, when she meets Victoria, and then Victoria's like, "Yes, come meet my 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 new uh, my fiance," and she's like, "Huh?" And then Robert Monday comes over, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh, okay," and then sits right back down because she's like, "Tristan," yeah. like she's like, "Maybe Tristan yeah. does care yeah, about yeah, yeah. me." And then he comes yeah, yeah. back, and they have a long walk and a nice talk, and they discover that they do in fact love each other, and uh, and like in a very 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 small way una just comes up and she's like yeah so i'm your mom you're now the you're now going to be the king of stormhold and you have to be a king and he's just like uh, uh no uh, no i don't i don't want to i don't want to run a kingdom yeah. and she's like but you have uh, to like that and she's like trying she's like talking about like we have to like we'll have to get palanquins and we'll have to which instantly reminded me of steven universe and it's like we have to get palanquins and we have to like bring you bring you back to the kingdom and he's like yeah, no, and he's like, Evane, uh, let my mom and I talk because we have some things that like you don't you don't need to be a part. You don't need to hear the the argument that we're about to have. Essentially, like like you you, yeah. you, you like this is between me and her. I like you. I don't want you to have uh, to hear this. And uh, I, I I also do love that Evane thinks to herself, "It's like yeah, if I am gonna be with this man, better not to start off this relationship arguing with his mother." Yeah. <laughs> so then she walks off, and like while Tristan is talking her down. She meets the Witch Queen, but the Witch Queen has, like, depleted all of the rest of the star that she had, that they had left, and is just back to being, like, a, sh- a, 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 like a shell of her, of her former self. And she and Evane just kind of just talk about it, about what has happened, and Evane's just like, yeah, like, go and be with your sisters and just be at peace, essentially. And uh, Well, it's... She kind of... Or no, she, she can't... Oh, I'm sorry. She can't see this. She's like, she try, she's like, I usually can see your heart, but I, but I can't see anything there. And she's like, yeah, mm. probably because I've given it to another. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and, and, that's, that's, and that's where we get to the whole thing of, uh, of, of the idea of um, stars can, can, can do that. <laughs> when you fall in love with yeah. someone, you give your heart to them, essentially. Uh, and then, yeah, then that, that's the part that then breaks the uh, second part of, you know, the moon loses her daughter. So... Just to quickly wrap things up. So Tristan convinces mom's like, well, well, we'll get there when we get there. She's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Three years eight, later, they arrive yeah, in the is, village of right outside the kingdom. And they're and like, they like they look at each other and just like, you know, mom can wait a little bit longer. Let's go traveling more. And yeah, then two years five, later, so, so, so now like a total of five years, they finally arrive. And so it was eight. It's total oh, no, eight years. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Eight years because they're gone for an extra five years. So it's now been eight years. Uh, when they they finally decide to show back up, and um, they and apparently they're great rulers. Uh, Tristan is is like regarded as like a great uh, leader in battle, uh, and he he was he's a very benevolent. L- uh, ruler who as it puts it like when as the book puts it whenever he he doesn't put out too many decrees but whenever he did they were quite sensible ones yeah and um, he was probably informed wh- by his mom quite a bit because she just knew what, what what was up uh but another thing that i like about the book ending compared to the movie ending it's mentioned tristan dies like he is still mortal and so eventually does age and die and but 
Stars live for billions of years. So Yvain is still ruling Stormhold <laughs> in terms of like the way the book is the way the book is narrated is kind of like as like a traveler who found this story like to, to a certain extent. And so it's like, yeah, like Yvain's still, you know, still ruling Stormhold as as well as And then my uh, favorite part of all that to make it like a, a truly bittersweet ending is that there is a a tower in the and ca- in, in the kingdom of stormhold where the roof is gone so and every once in a while even when she gets up to her older age and like she has difficult she actually does have she does like she, like her body is still aging so she you know even like you know, down the road, she's well, like, even though she's living forever, she's still like her well, body's still aging. Well, it doesn't mention her aging, but it still mentions um the limp. Her the the limp. Right, it's the limp. Um, my my bad. That's right. It's, it's the like because due she, to the limp, it takes her takes her like a considerable amount of time to get to the, up to the tower. But when she but she does stay up there. And, and occasionally sleeps there to be closer to to be closer to the sky to be closer to her family yeah in particular uh, her she, mother the moon she did she did not age as her husband had aged and her eyes remained as blue her hair as golden white and as the free citizens of the stormhold would have occasion occasional cause to discover her temper as quick to flare as the day that Tristan <laughs> first encountered her in the glade beside the pool. She walks with a limp to this day, although no one at the Stormhold would ever remark upon it. Any more than they uh, dare remark upon the way she glitters and shines upon occasion in the darkness. They say that each night when the duties of state permit, she climbs on foot and limps alone to the highest peak of the palace, where she stands for hour after hour, seeming not to notice the cold peak winds. She says nothing at all, but simply stares upward into the dark sky and watches, with sad eyes, the slow dance of the infinite stars. And those are the last two paragraphs of the book. And with that, I th- What was the think- line about... Sorry. Uh, what was the line when Tristan dies, when it's like, and so the 82nd King of Stormhold waited 83rd, as death probably. whispered her secrets into his ear, and that's as far as I got. That's as far as I can remember. Uh, Tristan and Yvain were happy together, not forever, for time the thief eventually takes all things into his dusty storehouse, but they were happy as these things go for a long while. And then death came in the night and whispered her secret into the ear of the 82nd Lord of Stormhold, and he not his gray head and he said nothing more and his people took his remains to the hall of ancestors where they lie to this day nice nice of neil to plug his own work sandman uh yeah by this point yeah Uh, although also mentioned as a he because it into his storehouse but anyway yeah Um, because death can take whatever form they want yeah so looking at you all you dumb fucking white boy (laughs) nerds on twitter you fucking assholes who should Uh, okay here's the thing if you're one of those fucking assholes who decides that it's that that it's okay to berate a person of color uh, and 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 the choice and the choice of them getting cast in a t in, in in a show because they don't fit your perfect white form hey go fuck yourself and don't listen to our goddamn show you're an asshole and you can go fuck yourself off to the deepest pits of hell you asshole yeah all of you all you've assholes because there's multiples of you for some fucking reason i will I mean, now I get with, off of my I, I agree with i agree with everything that uh, has just been said i really like uh all the different subversions it is very much an adult fairy tale because it does get very graphic <laughs> in Hell some yeah. places in uh both the, the the sexy and the the bloody way yeah it's it's a great one you should check it out is my uh is my final thoughts we gotta 
kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I've, I, th- I think I've said everything I want to say. Nick, do you have any final thoughts? I'm going to try not to ramble, but I don't want the impression that I didn't like this story. It's just, I do. It's just that I do like it when it is being subversive and playing with fairy tale tropes. Like, I like when uh, there's a bit where... In the middle of his journey, Tristan's like, like never once until now did he wonder why the heroes of the Penny Dreadfuls he read never went hungry. I like, I like that. I like when I like that the story averts the notion that no one uses a restroom or pees on a tree. Uh, yeah, it's I got, yeah. Well, that, that, that's kind of part of the subversion. It it gets into like yeah, well, well, fuck, we need food. Uh, or like okay, we're fighting the witch queen, and oh god, she just stabbed that horse and cut off its head. I, I like it when it goes into that dark area, that not that non-stereotypical area. But it, it, I guess it just makes me makes it a little bit more baffling to me when it does follow those traditional fairy tale things like oh i know where the direction is or i got my friend who i got little hairy tom bombadil to show me the way don't you compare well, him I, to Bomb- I, tom bombadil how dare you how, how dare you how dare you bash bash the, the woodland no <laughs> no don't you dare say anything about my sweet my sweet baby harold <laughs> my sweet large uh, hairy man harold don't you dare my- say that uh, personally, so I, I mentioned this in the next episode of how the movie kind of does kind of what the Brothers Grimm did to the other, um, to do the story to the fairy tales that they told. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this is very dark, but also very tropey and magical, but also realistic in terms of, like, you know, like, yeah, you don't have a, a magical potion to save yourself when you get bit by a rattlesnake. Like... It's what I said Um, earlier about Knives Out. Like, Knives Out still has, like, you know, Benoit Blanc, you know, uh, dragging on and on at the end of the movie like every other whodunit because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you've come to see a whodunit. Well, let's give you the cool things that whodunits still have, Mm -hmm. but still, like, use the tropes in fun, new, interesting ways. And it's like here, it's like, yeah, like, you still come here to, like, have like the the magical like the weird magical things that don't quite make sense and don't have an explanation and they just kind of pop up and they help the protagonist in some way and they just and, and it's like you've come for that but also let's take some of the other tropes and change them up a bit and make them and 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 bring them in for a new era uh yeah like, exactly well but, but but it was specifically with my compares with the mother's grim it's just like this there's a lot of these aspects that feel older because fairy tales are very old yeah but uh anyway uh I, I, well, I think also, i think I, I make, also, make it quick because we gotta go yeah we gotta wrap it up I'll, yeah i will also admit that i am much better at reading film and visual medium media than i am with uh books because it's just like i i have to imat i have to stew with my imagination and my imagination when reading like my imagination, my mind tend to wander. But even then, I would still recommend like reading the book on your own if you can, and if you can't, listening to the audio book uh, narrated by Gaiman. Like it's a, it's well worth the, your time. Don't take my wishy-washy approach to this as like some kind of teardown like you guys you guys are it's just that you're not you're you're not like as into fairy tales as we are and that's okay Uh, or or gaming because because i've just i've yeah i mean the it's not that uh, i i I don't know if it's necessarily i don't like gaming or fairy tales like i love no no it's it's not that you don't like it it's just 
it's not it's not that you it's not that you don't like them. It's just I've I've been reading fantasy and gaming for a very long time. Like for example, as well I, as like things about it. Like yeah. Like for example, anyway, like for I, like for example, I've lo- like as a good fantasy. I love the Last Unicorn movie, but if I were re- reading the book, I a lot of stuff would probably be lost on me just all the same. Um, like as an example yeah, of I another just, fairy tale. Uh yeah, I mean it could just be yeah because you're not as as yeah. used to reading books as you are re- watching movies, which like yeah. that's a thing, especially when but, it comes to fairy uh, tales. Yeah, but um. No, cut off before I ramble. More. We're gonna. We yeah, will. So we are. We're cutting is... you off, Nick. This is last call. I can't can't think of something snappy. Anyway, <laughs> just just pretend I just pretend I did. Um, Insert snappy. Read the book. So, uh, read the book. Come back here. Yeah, read the yeah, book. Read the book. Read the book. Read it's the book. great. Yeah, read the book or listen to Neil Gaiman narrate it, so you can hear words like ranklement and fasooned and counterfeited life perfectly. It's all good. So yeah, that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you, Nick, for coming on. Um, and where would you? Where where the? What you got going on? Where where can the people find you at? I mainly hang around the film rescue crew. They're starting season six. I've done a few episodes where I pitched a few fixes for movies. Like the ones I'm most proud of are Age of Ultron, Spider-Man 3, and the prequel trilogy as a whole. Yeah, they let me fix all three in one go for like my first official premiere. Speaking of fantasy. (laughs) Nick's been working on that since I met him. So that's been... That's been, that's been a, a while honing, so that's not surprising. But yeah, uh, go check that out. And um, come back here Friday after next for our episode on the Stardust movie from 2007. Which um, Nick will be making an appearance upon with a mystery guest. Do we want to be mysterious or do we want to just plug it since, we ha- since it is in the bag? I mean, yeah, let's go ahead and plug it. it we, have, uh, we have the wonderful uh, Maddie Limerick from Saturday Morning Confidential, who is a, a good friend of mine uh, and, and a fellow certain POV podcaster. Uh, Maddie, I, 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 I don't know if you're listening, but wherever you are right now, I... I fucking love you, you magical human being, and I'm and I'm so excited for the people to hear uh, hear all four of us rambling on about about this joyous movie. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a fun one next week um, or next week after next. So uh, yeah, tune in then, and uh, we'll we'll see you on the airwaves. Thank you to my big brother, Sean Bullock, for our theme. You can check out his work at seanbullock.com. And the wonderful Nikki Burger for our logo, who you can find on Twitter at DoubleBurger and on Instagram at DoubleBurgerComics. For updates, sharing your thoughts, or if you just want to yell at us, check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at F&RPod. And you can find me on Twitter at JD underscore Martin underscore. And you can check me out on Twitter at BullockBits, where you can find info to my comics, history Instagram, and cat Instagram. And come hang out with us on the show's Discord. Check out the links to everything in the episode's description. Including our wonderful guest info. Whoever that may be. Hello. That's good.